Thanks so much, Kimberly. I want to read from Luke's gospel, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I always see that in the scripture. I don't know if you see that too. But these encounters, the, the, the angelic encounters, it, it brings some kind of terror, some kind of fear, and immediately they're told, no, 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 don't be afraid. How many know that there's something so much more than you and I see with our physical eyes that is at first blush terrifying, but as soon as we understand it, Unbelievably peaceful. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. I want to talk to you about making your way to the manger. The shepherds get this angelic visitation and they're told the Savior is there. The Savior is there. And they make their way to the manger. Today, you know, in our world, we need some saving. Some things need fixing. 
I don't know if you've followed all of the news, but in Bethlehem, they've actually had to scale back the Christmas celebrations because of the war. Eliminated almost all of them. Several years ago, I was traveling in Israel and we went to Bethlehem. I was leading a group from the church and um, we got in line. There's a, there's a church there where people go and uh, it was built. And, and so pe- pilgrims and people from all over the world come to pass by. And it's quite a line and it's quite exhausting. So some of our team were, you know, they couldn't endure the line and you have to go through some very low places. And so I went out with some of the team to just give them some relief. And so the rest of our team was going through in Bethlehem. And I went out to go for a walk through the town square just to talk to the shopkeepers and people who were around. You know, I thought about all the people still making their way there just a crushing crowd of people. But that first night, there weren't that many. The first night, it was just a couple of shepherds. Have you ever met somebody that, when you first met them, you got really, really impressed by them, only to be very disappointed? In other words, they, man, they had the, all the outside stuff, and they were a good talker, they were slick, they were dressed nice, and they had all this stuff that made you go, wow, this must be really somebody. And then slowly you got to know them, and you just slowly kind of lost interest, if you know what I mean. But somehow the manger is different. Somehow the, the, these little shepherds, Great chance they were just teenagers. In their society, by the way, a bunch of nobodies. Can I just say it as it is? Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know in in biblical times, a shepherd was considered such a despised job? Anybody here ever have a bad job? Anybody have one now? Uh, Vicky and I were talking about this week, so if you've been in Orchard Grove for a while, you know, like, one of my most despised jobs was when I was in college. I had to get my way through college. I just didn't have, I didn't have a support network, a financial resource to get through. And so it was, I got to, like, the start of my second year, and it was going to be, you're done, or you got to find some way to work your way through. And I found this program where you could work in a funeral home. And at night you were on call, and I had to pick up people who died in the middle of the night. So whatever time of night it was, uh, I'd be sleeping upstairs, the phone would ring, had to dress up, put a suit and a tie on, and drive across town, pick up a dead body, bring them back, put them in the embalming room. Not the coolest job in town. Not the job anybody really looks for or wants, especially in the college years. Shepherds were not highly thought of. And in biblical times, they were not even allowed to give like a testimony in court. They were considered scoundrels, like you're not even trustworthy because of the job they had. Isn't it just like God? Isn't it just like God 
put them at the manger, the, the ones that no one could believe or should believe, they were the ones that got the word out about Jesus. They were the ones that were there. So they said, let's go tell everybody about this. Let's go. And they hurried off. They spread the word. Now you gotta, you gotta be honest. It wasn't like the whole town came flooding in. Probably people rolled their eyes. There's not, nothing ever written or recorded that there was ever a great crowd here. But how many know over time, over time, the crowd grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And now, December 24th, around this planet, people are pausing to worship, to thank, to pray, to celebrate that life. How can that be? You know, last night I was telling, I was telling the group that uh, I started reading a book about Jesus the other day. Um, I've read a few, but, you know, another, another one. And, and the guy started the whole thing talking about Alexander the Great. And I thought, why is he talking about Alexander the Great? And he goes on and on and on to talk about Alexander the Great. And, and uh, you know, at 20 years old, he becomes the commander of his father's army and his dad was no slouch. And, and, and by the way, and, and Alexander the Great was taught by Aristotle. I mean, that's not the start Jesus got. I mean, today that would be something like, uh, we called Elon Musk over to tutor the kids. I mean... He had the most amazing start, Alexander, and then he had this ambition and this drive, and he went around and he conquered most of the known world at that time, and he named city after city after city that he founded after himself, and I started looking it up because I thought, oh my goodness, this guy's named like half the world after himself, 70, 70 cities named Alexandria. Think about Jesus. Born in a manger. A couple lowly shepherds stopped by. That was the start. He lived his life and he didn't name any cities after himself. And yet today, the whole world will pause to celebrate that life. There's something that draws us all back to the manger. And I want to leave you with this as you put these in your heart today and as you celebrate with your family. There's three things to me. First of all, it's the innocence. Innocence. The wonder of Christmas. The childlike faith. The innocence of a child. The innocence of a baby. You know, a baby is, this, think about this, a baby is pure goodness, pure goodness. Huh? How many of you got a little 
crusty when you get older, a little cantankerous. I got time. You know, we change. We, we, get, we get junk, you know, caught up in us. Things happen. But a baby, it's pure innocence. All of us, deep down, we're, we're drawn to pure goodness. When we look at the manger, we see there, there's the hope. There's the hope for our world and for us that somehow in this, in this manger is pure love. The Savior is born. How does that save us? Because love and goodness will save the day. I was watching a movie with Charlie the other day, and... Um, she, you know, she used to get scared, but she likes to get a little bit scared in these movies. Like they have a little bad part, like a little, the bad guys are winning, as she would say. And, but she, she knows the end, you know, and so, but she likes me to get involved with her. And so when the bad guys start winning, I go, oh, Charlie, what's going to happen? She goes, Dad, it's okay. Good always wins. It's okay. She strokes my head. Good always wins. You can call me naive or whatever you want, but I'm going to tell you something I believe to the core of my being. Good always does win. Good always does win. Good will always win in the end. God will always win in the end. And we're drawn here because we know there's something right about that. Goodness. We know deep down that's the answer. That's how we'll be saved. I think the other reason that we're drawn there is because what I call acceptance. And here's what I mean. Something about this, you know, is so um, heartwarming, but in its original context, was anything but that. Ladies, you're about to give birth I mean, my mom told me some stories like back in the, you know, I was born in 67, back in the day, what it was like to give birth back then. And she said, you know, it wasn't quite as rosy as they, now with, oh, would you like this? Would you like this? They just sat there and they screamed and they swore at each other and whatever else they did, it was just, oh, anybody? The last thing that you want is to know that there's not a warm place to lay your head. You're going to be laying with the animals. So it looks romantic and nostalgic now, but in its original context, it was horrible. There's no room for them. I got a pregnant wife here. What do you mean there's no room? I, have a, she, I mean, she's right. She could give birth anytime. Sorry. Let's be real for a minute. If it was Chris, I'd, I'd, I'd be Joseph the angry one. You know what I mean? Joseph, the lawyer calling one, the whatever. I would be the, is anybody with me? I mean, the, the real part, the real human part of the story is that this is not okay. This is not how it should happen. But listen, they decided it was okay. In other words, they were rejected and they were wronged and they were out 
on this long journey, which they shouldn't have had to go on in any way. I mean, you could have think of all the reasons they, that Mary and Joseph would have had to be bitter and resentful, but it's, you just don't get that in the story. You get over and over and over again that they accepted. Can I tell you something that will absolutely free you if you think about this story? Just accept your life. I'm not talking about you can't ever make it better or work hard or advance. That's not what I'm talking about. But you know, some people, their whole life is fighting against what is. It is. And when you can accept it, as Mary did, I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. I accept it. I accept it. How many know this turned out pretty amazing for Mary? And how many know it's going to turn out pretty amazing for you too? Acceptance. Perhaps the most freeing thing about faith is this, so you get to the point where you accept it. This is good. I don't know, I don't know Joseph. We don't know a lot about it. I don't know what kind of a character he was, you know? But I keep thinking of myself in that story, you know? Would I be a good supportive husband or would I be the cantankerous guy pacing the floor yelling at the innkeeper upstairs? Not, none of you would ever do that, but <laughs> these are things that come to mind. The greatest thing that you can do for yourself in certain situations is just learn to accept them. Somehow God has a plan. Somehow things work out for good. How many know this worked out? It worked out. But when things are happening in your life and you're saying to yourself, this is not working out right, maybe it's working out perfectly. You just need a little more time. Maybe it's working out perfectly. The last thing is, I think we're drawn to the manger because of the transcendence. We know something special there. <laughs> we know. We know that in the manger there's some one, this Christ child, that will lift us all above to a higher level, that will transcend our human fighting, our squabbling. We know somehow the answer is there. Not religion, not God talk, salvation. A Savior has been born. What should we do? I'll tell you three things that we close in prayer. First of all, don't worry. <laughs> Just don't worry. Every time you think of the manger, you say to yourself, there's nothing to worry about. It's going to be fine. Let this be the season where you put worry to bed. <laughs> you don't panic. You trust. You use Mary's words, let it be. Let it be. The second thing that you do is you embrace the moment. You enjoy today. 
Think about if you were there. Think about if you were one of those shepherds and you got to go there. You know, they say one of the things that's ruining us and our mental health and our mental state is that we aren't present in the moment. We're always looking for the next thing. I see that all the time. You know, and, and by the way, I just want to say something. Maybe I'll just as a little side note as your pastor. You know, I'm here on Sunday. Once in a while, I have to go. I have to go to a funeral or something. Once in a great while. I mean, I can't be late for certain things. But 99% of the time, let me tell you something. I got nowhere to be. Chris, you must be so busy in a hurry. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just talking to you. And then I'll talk to the next person. I can stay here all day. Might need to bring me a sandwich about four, but I can be here. I got nowhere to go. This is, I want you to think about this because I've seen so many people and they're always rushing to the next thing. It's as if we, we can't be in this moment because we're so into the next one. We're so worried or we're so hurried for the next thing. And somehow this is, it's the kneeling, it's the pausing, it's sit at the manger and stay there. You might have a mess you've got to sit in tomorrow. Your mess is just a different version of this. Oh, these kids didn't wrap the paper right, and they didn't get something for aunt so-and-so, and they're not that, and that. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? The mess, the chaos, the things didn't work out, and someone couldn't make it, and so-and-so's mad because we went to this house and not this house. Whole story. That's, that's this story. Doesn't matter. Wherever you are, you be in that moment. You be with the person that you can be, and you look them in the eye, and you love them. You be present there with whatever's there and whoever's there. <laughs> think about this. Just think about this. You're, you're Mary. You're giving birth. How many people get to come in and see your kid? You start letting, like, strangers walk in? A couple of smelly shepherds. You didn't know them. We've forgotten that. What are you doing here? You know, maybe there needs to be some strangers in your Christmas story. Some smelly. You're like, I don't do smelly. <laughs> this whole scene was smelly. It was. Be present. Whatever it is. And last, you trust that tomorrow is in God's hands. And tomorrow's good. That's it. Tomorrow's good. I don't understand all this. But now we all adore it. We paint pictures of it. We stop. And we, I mean, but when it happened, it was, it was a disaster. You take your disaster, you put it in God's hands, and you trust tomorrow's good. God's going to take care of tomorrow. Let's stand. We'll have a prayer together. read the last part before I pray. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's always a heart thing, friends. It's always a heart thing. And the shepherds returned, praising God for all they had seen and heard. 
Dear God, draw us to the manger today. To the goodness, the innocence. God, draw us all here to good, to our better nature. Draw us away from the, the hurt and the hatred and the violent. God, draw us to goodness. Draw us, pull us in. God, give us the grace to have acceptance in a life that is less than ideal. Help us to have acceptance into what is real, to learn to be, oh, it's okay. It's even good. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Merry Christmas, Orchard.